Welcome to The Magic of Music, a podcast about why music is so important to us, and I am your host, Matt Speaker. Well, welcome friends, or soon-to-be friends. I am very excited about this project. been thinking about it for a long, long time, and so I'm finally finding this to be a reality, and I'm, again, super excited to get this going. What I need to do is just introduce myself. I need to tell you what the heart of this thing is going to be, and uh, we will go from there. As long as I can remember, music has been a part of my life. I can very clearly remember in sixth grade, sitting there in math and having a gentleman come into my classroom. Yes, when I, I'm old, so I had sixth grade in elementary, and this guy came in, he says, hey, I can take you out of this class for a moment and teach you something about music. So it was a pull-out program. And when I learned, hey, I can do something other than math, <laughs> I raised my hand and said, yep, let me do that. I am happy to do that. So that is how I got into music and I've been doing this ever since. I uh, taught strings for many, many years in the public schools for over 20 years. And for 10 years now, at the time of this recording, I've been teaching collegiately. In the public school uh, setting, I teach strings and orchestra. So I taught kids how to play one of the four main instruments in an orchestra, violin, viola, cello, and bass. Collegiately, I get the opportunity to talk to, as undergrads, uh, to students who want to be a music teacher. And so my focus is teaching strings, violin, viola, cello, and bass in a school setting. But uh, of course, I just talk generally as well. What does it mean to be a teacher, a music teacher in a school? And I also get to talk to uh, graduate students uh, who are already in the field and helping them be better music teachers. So what a privilege in my life to be doing all of this. Well, most of my graduate teaching is online, so I communicate through tapping on a keyboard, and I don't really get to do, you know, um, sit down, I get to look at you in your eyes and talk to you about teaching music. But once in a while, I get to. So I had one of my students uh, have me in her classroom, and I spent some time with her. She was sharing with me how she enjoyed the music philosophy class. And she said, you know, that class put fire back into my teaching. That just makes me smile because my jam uh, in a, on a graduate setting is this whole concept of music education philosophy. I, and that has made me start thinking, I think I really ought to put this into a podcast and get this out there because I think I can help you. Now, most of you probably who are going to really enjoy this are music educators, but I, I do want this podcast to be for anybody who is interested at all in, in music. So, But uh, I will have that focus and I, I will bring that up from time to time. Now, the podcast name, I need to explain why I call this the magic of music. And I'm going to do a bird walk. Now, a bird walk. I grew up in Colorado, so in a state that does lots of hiking. And I feel like this is just a normal phrase for those who like to get out into the mountains and all of that. But uh, here in uh, Indiana, uh, not a whole lot of hiking except maybe in the south part of the state. So when I say this to my kids, they kind of look at me cross-eyed. But I want to explain that a bird walk is when you're on a path and you're going through nature and you're enjoying it and you see a really interesting bird, what do you do? You get off the path and you follow the bird for a little bit to check out the bird. That is me getting off point. 
but I get off point through stories, but I will get back on and I better know where that path is. Otherwise you will get lost and I don't get lost. I'm pretty good about going back to the path. Now, sometimes I bird walk and I don't remember why I bird walked, but I will always remember, Hey, wait a minute, get back on task. And so I will be good about that. So here we are. My first little bird walk, a little story about why I'm calling this the magic of music. In 2018, NAFME, this is the National Association for Music Education, hired me to do some workshops for teachers at a this incredible all-nation orchestra event. It was also bands and guitar and choir. It was just all ensembles, actually. So if you have a kid that's just a hotshot player and they audition and be a part of this, they get the music early, you take them down to Florida, they do some rehearsals and do a concert. Can you imagine this? The best kids in the entire country doing this. So what a real joy that is. And as a director, you go, you're excited, you're excited for your kid, your kid's excited, everyone's having a good time. And you go and you watch some rehearsals. They're enjoyable. But after a while, you kind of twiddle your thumbs a little bit while your, your student is going through rehearsals. So what NAFME did with these director's academies, they hired me and my job was to do workshops for the teachers so that they have something constructive to do during this event. So I did six workshops. Now, normally I travel the country and do workshops, but I think the most I've ever done in this at a state event would be three, but not six. Now I have six workshops, but I thought, man, I, I want to do something unique and different. And uh, so I dreamed up what would be a sixth one that would be really fun to do? Well, I thought, hey, I am in the most magical place on earth. Am I not? This is the Walt Disney Resort in Florida. We're in Orlando. This is kind of cool. What can be more magical than music? And I really thought about that. I said, is music a real magic? And so my entire workshop was to substantiate that claim that music is magic. So that is how I came up with the title, and I want to talk to you about the heart of what it's going to be. But first, I need to explain something. I want to make these what I call miscellanies or auditory miscellanies rather than episodes. To me, an episode has got a lot of length to it and a lot of, a lot of substance and things to it. But a miscellany is more like a quick hit. And so what is a miscellany? Well, these are short writings uh, about various topics. They're not necessarily related to, to one another, but they're just ideas. And, and think of them as, in our day and age, it would be quick hits. They're more than sound bites. The sound bite literally is just seconds long. So they're more than that, but they're certainly not quite episodes. Who were good at, at uh, doing miscellanies? Well, the Puritans. If we go all, all the way back to the Puritans, they were really good about writing about things, but they were, they were short, not super long. Uh, Jonathan Edwards is a, um, is a famous preacher slash uh, theologian in our country, and he would, uh, he would write miscellanies, and they actually were numbered. He would go out for horseback rides, and he would have these uh, ideas uh, written down on little pieces of slivers of paper that he would just shove into his pocket. And I feel like he maybe he just kind of lost a few of those. And so what he decided to do was to actually pin miscellanies or these little pieces of paper to his coat so that when he got back, he would uh, he would take the pin out and then he would jot down in his notebook or something what the miscellany was. 
he must have been teased a little bit because some people talk about, you know, you look like you've been through a snowstorm. He would come back with all kinds of little white pieces of paper stuck to his coat. So that's what a miscellany is. And they're just simply, again, little ideas. For me, I get ideas about music sometimes through philosophy or sometimes through a, a research that I read, those things will spark ideas. Sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes I have original thoughts. And so I will like to share those with you. And so hopefully these miscellanies will inspire you. I have a favorite adage. Thoughts untangle themselves through pencil tips and people's lips. What that means is we will explore these ideas through journal writing and through discussion. For me, this is obviously the discussion part. I'm going to, I've thought about something, I've shared something, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that through an auditory miscellany. You know, if you have something to add to that, then there's a couple ways that you can do that. You can either just write me if you just want to have a conversation with me. And I do have a, an email address, and that is themagicofmusicms at gmail.com. And the other way of doing that is I have a Facebook page which is simply called The Magic of Music. And so we can have these discussions together just as if it was the grad class. I make my grad students do this. And so they journal, and then they that's the pencil tips. And I guess any more these days is not <laughs> using a pencil, but is actually like typing on a keyboard. But then uh, the people's lips, having that discussion with one another uh, to untangle these thoughts. They're very important thoughts. Okay, I'm going to share a parody with you. This is the heart of what I want to do. And I think it will encapsulate for you how exciting uh, music is as a subject. Many of us know this story. Imagine a large, great hall full of students brimming with excitement for the new school year. It's a boarding school, and the first night's activities was a banquet that began by marching in the newest recruits. These were 12-year-old boys and girls who wore long black gowns that covered everything except the expression of anxiety on their face. They were escorted by a tall and slender professor whose hair bun was so tight it stretched back her naturally wrinkly face. <laughs> she looked like she had cosmetic surgery. The scared children, one by one, were forced to sit on an old stool. An ancient, dirty leather hat was placed on their heads, and it would instantly come to life, and it writhed like a grotesque worm, as it thought about which of the four houses the student were to be in for the next seven years. And after a decision was made, the hat loudly proclaimed who the awarded house would be. And then there was an explosion of applause from the prospective classmates' table. When the sorting was over, large amounts of food and drink appeared on the tables, which were in front of the students and the faculty. Everything was prepared by goblins in the bowels of the school, which is not exactly OSHA compliant. <laughs> and the students feasted until they were more than satisfied. And when the dessert was finished, the dishes disappeared, and the headmaster of the school approached the lectern. He was an old man, about the same age as the woman who organized the sorting, but his face was much kinder. He had a long white beard, half-moon glasses that sat on the end of a crooked nose. His many years of experience at the school and the stories of courageous wizarding duels gave him great respect with students and faculty. An instant hush swept over the crowd as he cleared his throat and began to talk. His message was one of welcome, 
and a few other announcements. It ended, though, with a very important announcement that included a stern warning not to go to a certain part of the castle. And if any students dared to, they would certainly experience an early death through dismemberment. Can you imagine giving such an announcement in your school? I think that'd be fun. The headmaster then closed the evening by requesting the students to sing the school song. He waved his hands above his head and a golden ribbon came out of his wand that formed the lyrics for the students to follow. At this point in the story, I welled up with excitement. Yes, of course, the greatest school in the world would have music, and why not? Music is the best subject ever, and it belongs in every educational institution. Many men and women from all historic periods and every culture have studied music. Music has given countless people comfort, peace, and purpose in their lives. And I'm on the edge of my seat with great anticipation to hear what the school's song sounds like. And then my heart sank when the headmaster's next statement said, Everyone pick your favorite tune. Oh, Let's consider and commiserate with the choral director for a moment. Let's try to experience this as if we were in her shoes. The room explodes in sound as students sing any way they wish. Some chose jigs while others sang berets. Some sang the song in minor and others used major and still others went to mixolydian. Some got over it with vivace and others went with andante while some found friends and created chamber group ensembles, such as duets, trios, quartets, and the like. And some simply belted out the creepiest sound imaginable. And the result was unreal cacophony. Never mind, there is a real school song in a specific key with precise rhythm. Never mind, as the choral director, that you have labored over this silly song year after year, making sure the students knew how to sing it properly. You have earnestly taught them the melody, including all of the weird intervals and harmonies. You have labored over the rhythms and correct diction. You have learned to keep a straight face while singing awful lyrics so you can model properly the enunciation. What kind of lyricist, I mean, seriously, what kind of lyricist would write an alma mater that begins with Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy, Warty, Hogwarts? And every day you've mused to yourself, what in the world is Hoggy anyway? And then your dismay quickly shifts to anger as the majority of students finish and the noise diminishes. From the faculty table, you notice two students prolonging through the singing of their duet. They are the twins. They are tall, skinny, redheaded, and worse, they are the most destructive class clowns to come through the school in years. You are convinced that it is their goal to make you retire before they graduate. So, naturally, their version of the song is purposefully drawing attention to themselves and to scorn you in front of the student body, the faculty, and your boss. Their ugly, freckled faces, beady little eyes stare at you as they wear a smirk while singing the alma mater as a funeral dirge. In Locrian mode. The headmaster doesn't even notice the insolence as he waves his wand at the twins, acting as if he even knows what to do with the conductor's baton. And the boys slow down even more for the final cadence, and they ruthlessly finish on a tritone. 
Oh, your face is hot and is red like a jalapeno. You want to cry, scream, or at least smash something. You begin to wonder if you can find a better job in another school district. And certainly there must be a school system who appreciates good music and would welcome your expertise. Oh, there must be an administrator who would understand and respect what you do. There must be students out there who would be eager to sing in your ensembles and would relish the opportunity to learn music from you. Then, at this very moment of vulnerability, your headmaster says something profound. He has tears in his eyes as he spoke to himself, but it was loud enough for you to hear. Ah, music, a magic beyond all we do here. Wow. I want to work for a boss like that. Friends, I want this podcast to substantiate this claim that music is a real magic because of what it is, its properties, things like tone and rhythm, melody, and harmony, so much more. I want to talk about how it can change us, what it does for us, what it does to others. This, my friends, is a real magic. And that's what I want this project to do. Contact me at themagicofmusicms at gmail.com and I will talk to you next time. Have a great day.